1: the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves.
0: But their children were saved and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it?
1: Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand, I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. And may God bless America. May God bless America. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another live stream and podcast episode from Public Access America. You can find our live streams on YouTube at Public Access America, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find our podcast on Spotify and Apple. TuneIn, in, Google Play, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, some of my favorites. We're just waiting for Jeffrey, and this gives me a chance to do some house cleaning. We had a great episode um, on Inspirations Beyond Disabilities come out this Saturday. It um, we did a show with Kimberly Ann, who has a device that we reviewed, and um, it's pretty exciting. It liberates blind people. Um, And other disabilities and allows them to function in normal everyday life without assistance. So that is awesome. I was also on a podcast, the Cooking Without Looking podcast, one of our cousin podcasts, and I talked salads. A lot of salad talk, but you know, that's what it is. Cooking Without Looking um, shows you tips and hacks on how to cook, everybody how to cook, but also um, people with visual impairments. So, yeah. That is the exciting thing about Public Access America. We're all over the place. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Public Access Pod, YouTube at Public Access America, Instagram at Public Access America. You can even find us on Facebook, although I hate Facebook, at Public Access America. Hey, Jeffrey. How you doing?
0: Matt, I just log in and you're already talking about doo-doo?
1: Doo-doo. It's, it's a theme. It's, it's it's a theme. Ever since Inspirations Beyond Disabilities did the AWPU episode. <laughs>
0: well, this 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 episode's gone to shit already. That's <laughs> yeah, true. I was just I was telling
1: everybody that I don't like scripting the show, but I do have topics, and we do that if you have a podcast. You know, you want to bullet points in there. And what I did, what I've been doing for the past two weeks is putting it in the live stream chat. So if you're a listener, you can go to the live stream while we're live streaming and kind of see the topics that we might. Swing around to get to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Of course, honestly, Jeffrey, I don't mind sticking on one random wandering topic. You know what I mean? So that's what mm-hmm. it is. I do want to say thank you for um offering your second hour to your partner Debbie. They did an amazing job. And that episode is already in our top five of most popular episodes. So I want to wow. wanted to thank you and Debbie for that yo Debbie
0: the episode you did last week is already in the top five for uh public access for most popular yeah for most popular so
1: it is oh that's that's rad right I i was i was so worried about the subject and the weird thing is is we're getting listens just as always from indonesia from polynesia from uh japan australia great britain america so it is it's a it's a global topic and i think it's some of the some of the responses i've gotten were like thank you and wow it's not just a problem in america you know and all these other Mm -hmm. things and it's nice when we can come together i had a I told my friend it's so much better to fight together for equality than it is to argue about politics. And I think it's catching on. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. We, what we've seen is we've seen the, the political uh, ideology and in, in argument run its course. People are just fucking tired of it. Right. It's like, you know, we've, you're really starting to see a a shift because you're seeing, I mean, even just this week, you're watching some of the GOP now push back against the rhetoric. You're watching some of the Democrats push back against the Democrat rhetoric. Right.
1: People
0: are, I think people are just tired of these, you know, you know, one box, two box lumps. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, this has so much more to it than, than just what does my party think of it? And people are, Maybe some people are starting to wake up to it, but there's still a number of people out there that are that are still just, you know, part of that group think
1: that we're hopefully trying to get past. Yeah, but I'm seeing podcasts start up based on critical thinking. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like I always say, talk to a uh, talk to a politician about human. Events And they don't know how to talk about it. And that's what happens. They go into chaos because now their constituents are are talking to them about human things that they're dealing with. And a politician, he's having a hard time keeping up translating that back into human because they don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And suddenly we get humans as representatives. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, yeah. Suddenly. And so there's like the Cori Bushes and Katie Porters that I always love. But there is something Mm -hmm. major in the news, Jeffrey, and I want to get these three out of the way pretty quickly. And that is, of course, do we care that the French president is upset about a submarine deal?
0: Well... It's it's more
1: than just a submarine deal. Yeah, Of course, that's where the conversation's you know, going to go. But you know, I watched a press conference this Wednesday, and every other question was, "Did Joe Biden apologize to the French president?" Is the French president still mad? All the topics going on in America, and every other question was about this. So I had to ask. It must be important, but I'm not recognizing that part of the importance. I'm in, I'm recognizing the geopolitical Indo. Asia Pacific region, you know, but I'm not understanding France's involvement in that.
0: So I would say, you know, well, this is where, this is where it gets a little bit fun and interesting too. So I think you've got two, you've got two major issues along with a smattering of other smaller issues that are just kind of coming to a head. Right. So we'll start with, we'll start with the big one, the submarine deal. You know, what France was looking at building for Australia was um, conventional diesel powered submarines, you know, they're great short range, uh, around your, around your area, but the problem that you're facing in terms of international shipping right now is beyond just, um, Australia's waters. Oh. And Australia has recognized that, you know, with the threats that it's gotten from China, uh, regarding, um, basically, you know, that's a, that's an entirely fun, uh, Uh, relationship to break down long story short, lots of coal from Australia goes to China. China has been putting a lot of pressure on Australia for, um, talking points that are anti China Mm -hmm. uh, or so Beijing sees, but,
1: um, Beijing wants to monitor the world.
0: Yeah. And Australia is, you know, seeing that pressure and going "Mm, this, you know, this is not okay. You're not going to threaten us with, you know, whatever, you know, military or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, diplomatic sanctions. You think that you're, you just get to hand out. So Australia, you know, this is kind of one of those things where, where the U S interest lies in, this is very, very strategic as well. Mm -hmm. Um, with the submarine deal, because, you know, the, the diesel systems only allow you to go so far. And they're great for coastal waters. Um, it, made, it made sense that if, if Australia wanted to participate in securing shipping lanes around the world, mm-hmm. that, you know, Australia be able to bolster, bolster its naval power. Right. And nuclear-powered nuclear subs are the way to do it. There's all, you can do a lot more with a nuclear-powered sub than you can with a conventional uh, diesel-electric sub. And on top of that, It allows i would i would argue it allows australia to police its own area and Mm -hmm. in a way allows us to not have to do that
1: (laughs) right we get the intel from their patrols but we don't have to actually do it ourselves
0: And, and 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 this is one of those steps where you know keeping the united states from being the world police means that other people's armies and navies and air forces have to step up and be able to do more themselves Nobody, no one country should be reliant on one single country to be able to uphold whatever ideals they think need to be upheld. And, um, I think this discussion and ultimate change order, essentially was not finessed very well. It was not discussed. I mean, at a minimum, it would have been like, you know, look, Hey, you know, Australia wants nuclear powered subs. So that way they can be able to more effectively patrol their areas. Right. But it was it was more than just a submarine deal, it was a security deal and France feels like, you know, they got completely left out on the discussion of, you know, uh, what does securing, you know, the East Asian waters look like? Right. And France, you know, has some skin in that game too because, you know, they also need right, you know, uh, right to shipping lanes
1: and be able to have sure. access to those waters as well, uh, for, and be a part of the, the democratic, mm-hmm. you know, the side of NATO, right? right, like they should be involved in the talks too. But I think to myself, there's so many leaks going on. If they were involved in the talks and a leak came out, that would really Create a confrontation with China. Well, this you know, is already China a but with China,
0: it wouldn't have mattered if yes, it was if it was with or but, without
1: France. But creating it when we're prepared is different than creating it before the deal's done, because then China could just rail and propaganda it and cut it short. And we need those subs. China's has the biggest naval force in the world right now, so. Protecting and monitoring those oceans is a big deal. China doesn't have the biggest naval force in the world.
0: That's still the that's still the property of the United States. And in fact, our naval force is still was it bigger? Do you think oh, so? absolutely. Um okay. China only has one aircraft carrier. We have eleven.
1: Right. That's what I'm um somebody had said. The boats, the boats they have are smaller, but they have more boats. We have bigger boats with more power,
0: definitely. And that's where it's you know, if you calculate simply by numbers, yeah, sure, China Mm. might have a whole bunch of numbers, but I guarantee you they're counting everything from their their merchant fleets (laughs) to their one aircraft carrier. They don't have they don't have a a a navy like the United States does. They don't have a navy like the British do. They don't have a navy like the French do. Um, like that's good to know, actually. you know, when you're looking at up and comers, I mean, India is going to be one to watch India is going to have a huge Navy when they finally, yeah. when, when they really take to, uh, investing in their Naval power. And, and I guarantee you, they will to counter China.
1: Um, yeah. that's why we're calling it the Indo-Pacific region now, instead of the Asia Pacific region, yep. which I think is interesting. We're trying to through words, give less power to China and more to India because we have to give it somewhere. well, we have to call it. Well,
0: and, and, and you have other countries that are signaling, you know, massive issues with the way China's handling Mm. uh, their claims to territorial waters. You've got Vietnam who's chased off multiple shipping boats. I believe Singapore has chased off multiple. I believe Malaysia has chased off multiple Um, it's it's, Taiwan, the Philippines—they're all over. Well, it. and and that ta- and Taiwan as a situation is an
1: entirely different game compared to um, mm-hmm. everything else. Right. So it's like Ukraine and Russia, right? Taiwan and China.
0: Well, it, it, even well, I would say that, like you know, I would say probably more like uh, the Crimean Peninsula and Russia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Uh That would that would definitely make more sense. But the reality is is, is that the U S had a major misstep, I would say in that, you know, if you want to not be the world's police, you should have included your ally in the conversation of what does a security pact look like, you know, and, but here we also have, I believe a major exercise coming up between India, South Korea, Japan, and us as well. Nice. So, you know, India is finally starting to get into this game. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting
1: to see how that goes. Yeah. I, the, and how do you feel, just before we move on, how do you feel about the transfer of technologies like this?
0: Um, well, this is a negotiated and open transfer. You know, this is one of those things where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, Australia is going to be paying us for the technology. Australia is going to be building their own systems to maintain that technology. We're obviously going to have a part mm-hmm. in this it's it's not forced technology transfer i think it's a strategic technology transfer between allies and that to me is is absolutely fine i don't have any issues with that i think my issue would be is is if we suddenly decided to nuclear arm australia which they don't want so right i personally am anti-nuclear armament i think me too i think the idea of wanting to wipe out the planet because you don't like the other guy is complete ass (laughs) right it's like well if i don't get to have it my way fuck it none of you will (laughs) No, that's insane. That's insane.
1: That is that is the fucking ravings of
0: a madman. Is
1: what that is. There's that's a mission. That's a Mission Impossible movie. I just watched it last night. It's
0: Fallout. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's absolutely insane to just be like, fuck it, we're gonna glass the planet. I you know if if Mikhail Gorbachev can lead the Soviet Union and become anti-nuclear proliferation. I have every confidence to believe that, you know, there were some people that saw the light at the end of the tunnel and that light looked more like a nuclear flash and they're like, "Mm -mm, we got to fix this shit.
1: Right. I just, I would much rather see our, our nuclear capabilities go into energy instead of warheads. You know what I mean? I'd rather, I'd rather defund the military and its advancements in nuclear and kind of hand that out to like energy. I, you know,
0: I honestly, like, here's what I could see. You know, one of the things that, you know, when you look at militarily, what do you have to do to ensure yourselves? I, energy is a critical infrastructure. I could see strategic military power plants that keep, you know, Mm. strategic, points of the nation running. Absolutely. That,
1: now that's, that's interesting. I never thought like, of that.
0: You know, that's, that's one of those things where, you know, you have to figure out what your risks are and you have to offset your risks. Our risk mm-hmm. right now is, is that we've got three main electrical grids, East, West, and Texas. Well, right. Texas does its own thing as we're well aware of. I hope so. And honestly, I hope and, so. Uh, well, I would hope so if they did it well, but they don't. It's one thing
1: when you, no, I don't want them to do it. Honestly, here's what I see. I see the abortion thing happening and then Democrats getting their way and then Texas filing to secede. And then what I see is Texas versus the United States where we then take over Texas and then distribute it in portions to the state's surrounding.
0: Uh, (laughs) That wouldn't happen.
1: As much as it's it,
0: as you know, as much as as much as we like to think about like all of these what if scenarios, that that won't happen. Mm-hmm. Texas, uh, yeah, Texas is, yeah,
1: nobody wants to learn that lesson again. No, they're bad, shit crazy. But if you follow that timeline of where they're going, that's what would happen if they decided to secede. We would just take them over because they're no longer the United States. And I like this idea a lot. <laughs> I mean,
0: it would be, it would certainly be interesting, that's for sure.
1: Because then, honestly, we could include Puerto Rico finally as a state and nobody would be butthurt because we wouldn't need to change the flag. That's, you know what right. I mean?
0: That's one of those things that I also don't get why, why Puerto Rico is not a state at this point, despite the fact that they keep voting for statehood.
1: Right. In Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. right? Those are the two. So there's two, but we don't want to change the flag. So mm-hmm. I don't know. 52 stars might look funny. Mm-hmm. We could do it, though. So what do you think about? Oof. Haitian immigrants.
0: <laughs> That's a weird way to ask that question. Um... Well,
1: I don't like the, I don't want to start like where everybody else is. You know what I mean? I don't want to start at the present day and then back up because there was a horror. And now we're all focused on that horror and trying to create resolutions based on that. It's been broken before that. And I'd like to mm-hmm. start with the fact that. Haitians are coming here and which Haitians are coming here and why are they coming here and how do we feel about that? I don't want to go with, uh, oh, you know, we don't like immigrants. I want to go, hey, guess what? Haitia the haitian people had an earthquake and then their president was assassinated then they had another earthquake then they had tsunamis then they had tidal waves and then they fled to other countries and then biden got elected and they were like "Ooh, no more trump so they came here but they came here from chile and honduras and venezuela and brazil and i don't think people understand what's going on i think They just see a a caravan and they're either like, yeah, save them or, oh no, we hate them. And we got to get past that because in that group is designations that laws decide what to do. Right. And so we can't say, have a heart when the laws are on the books. Right.
0: That's, you know, that's the tough part is, is that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you look at like what recent tragedy looks like in, 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 on on the Haitian Island. It's,
1: it's really Haiti. I'm sorry. I couldn't think of the country name Haiti.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you, when you think about, when you think about what that looks like, you know, it's, it's been a tragedy ongoing for over a decade now. It's not like, it's not like this, just like, you know, there was an earthquake and an assassination and now we're here, you know, a month later. Mm -hmm. No, it's, this has been a decade of ongoing hardships and tragedy and, constant legal limbo of, you know, while also not having anybody in the world step up to try and help Haiti recover.
1: Nonprofits
0: are. Nonprofits are, but, but, you know, this goes back to that whole, like, you know, if you can only Mm -hmm. do so much with a nonprofit, you know, because, well, we apparently, we don't want to allow nonprofits to get as much funds as possible. Um, Right you're always going to be dealing in limited capacities, very limited capacities. So, you know, that's, that's really unfortunate because, you know, they barely had time to rebuild anything from 2010. Right. And it's, it's, well, I, I shouldn't say barely had time, barely had resources. And now
1: they're back at it again. And that's time. Time plus resource equals development though. right? Yeah. Like you can't, you can't separate those two.
0: True, but if you don't have resources, it don't matter how much time right. you have.
1: That's what I'm saying. If you have no resources, it'll take a hundred years, and then you know, right? Whatever. It's based. It's more based on that. They could. I don't know what they could do. I've never been to Haiti. I just. It's devastating, and I want to. I want to hug them all and take care of them all. That that's not what the Trump administration created laws to do right and like like how republicans are like we don't like these laws so we're just going to overtake the government i feel like democrats are like we don't like these laws so we're gonna we're gonna take over the border you can't do that you can't suspend laws to um use your heart you know and so it's tough for the biden administration to like follow those laws and still be empathetic to the situation oh
0: absolutely and you know once again the question goes the question is stated why is it that we're in this situation when especially when mm-hmm. it looks like biden is going to have to re re-in, uh, reinstitute you know remain in mexico policies which is yes really fucked, you know but once again um we have laws and for better or worse these laws exist
1: and we're being forced to and, use them yeah until Congress changes them. That's what we have to do. Yep. And and even the people, even the officers in Mexico, the mayors, the governors, the president, they're saying, Haitians, come here, come into Mexico, get your work permits, like be here mm-hmm. and come come more central and southern, like eight thousand. Um, people a day are streaming into mexico so that's an issue for them too right mm-hmm. and there isn't an international community that like with the afghanistan or syrian refugees where we're trying to take these people into there's no european countries saying okay we'll, we'll help you with this haitian thing mm-hmm. so it's tough and then all of these countries Colombia, Brazil, Honduras, where these people fled, they were being persecuted there. They were being racially discriminated against mm-hmm. there. And the US had taken and removed all the aid that we were providing to the central uh I, what is it called? Mesozoic region, you know, mm-hmm. and so there is no aid there. And I feel like when Kamala Harris is saying don't come it's not safe here what she means is you don't have a job there but you're safe and we're going to send aid there if you stay there the aid will get to you but if you come to our border we can't help you (laughs) you know just yeah in the way that we want to but that's because of the laws that are on the books, right you know so I think we need to give some guy was like where's Kamala Harris And I had to tell him she's in South Korea. Um, Her staff is getting their brains scrambled. You can't communicate from South Korea here like you can here to here. And then the second she came back, she was like, this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, there she is. I mean, government moves slower than people's hearts do. Oh, you know what I mean? And
0: especially when you can be flooded with images, you know, Mm -hmm. like what we saw out of Texas this week, like good lord that looks
1: terrible but those are officers that maybe was more sympathetic to the trump policies like you can't just get rid of these people and put in saints you have to deal with the officers you have and if some of them are low-grade recruitments that fail to keep their their emotions in check we don't want those people but we can't just get rid of them until we know who they are Mm you
0: know what i mean it's a very complex topic, unfortunately, and yeah. you know the reality is is that you know more needed to be done to step up getting Haiti back on its feet. And yes. after ten years, yes. after ten years, it, there was another earthquake. And and when you think about it, that's ten years of people growing up in other countries not being able mm-hmm. to go back home where they wanted to go, but it hasn't been safe to go back home. Right. Like that's just
1: wild. And now without a president, they have no government to um, help the situation. They're government, governmentless. They're just an Island full of people that are scrambling to get help and off. And these are women and children. I always think to myself, are you really scared of these immigrants? Like, I don't understand why there's. I, 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 I
0: I know exactly why. And that's because you've got a group of people who seriously believe in replacement theory and it's absolutely
1: insane yeah yeah I was I was paying attention to brexit I watched a, a documentary on Brez, brexit and that was because the European Union was saying wherever immigrants go we're gonna let them go we have a free and open policy on on that mm-hmm. and I love that but England was upset that they were getting immigrants and even though they're Unemployment lowered during that time and people were working. The English people did not like the immigrants Mm -hmm. there because they were taking their jobs, even though like here they weren't taking their jobs. In a way, they were they were entering industries Mm -hmm. that meant other people needed to step up. It didn't mean that the immigrants were the problem. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel the same way here. People migrate when the world is safe, they stay where they are and the world isn't safe, but that's not an us thing. It's an everybody mm-hmm. thing. Your country needs to be, Syria needs to be safe. Afghanistan needs to be safe and they need to do that themselves. The people need to do that. Mm-hmm. They need to leave, you know, if it's not safe, they need to leave. Right. <laughs> that's the truth.
0: Well, and and like you said, you know, with UK and and the fact that they were getting as many immigrants as they were you know mm-hmm. it it was one of those things where like england saw the benefit of it and post brexit you've now seen what that looks like they've got crops rotting right. in the field mm-hmm. they've got yeah. they've got labor shortages still massive labor we shortages. we do too so yep. these these weird isolationist policies anti-immigrant policies are literally costing productivity and gdp you know, something that, yeah. you know, the more conservative types claim to love, yet they consistently pass policies that really inhibit your ability to expand that. So right, like, exactly. which is it? Do you, do you love, it's like when you say you love capitalism and you're going to do everything to make sure that the free market flows, but somehow you're going to ban immigrants and thus create a strain on your capitalist society because you can't, get the work done that you need. Um, Right. I think I'm following this and it looks like shit.
1: It does. It looks like racism. Oh, absolutely. With extra steps. It's It's slavery with extra steps.
0: It's (laughs) it's racism, but now it's costing you a shit ton of money Um, on top of it, costing you a shit ton of money for being fucking assholes.
1: Right. So, and you know, this, this guy on Instagram, I was talking about, I talking to, he was more, he was more on the right. And what I told him was the, 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 the border's stupid. We need infrastructure there to house, feed and educate and transfer these people from one state to another, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, maybe that is the answer. And I was like, of course it's the answer, you know, but we have that conversation all the time and I wasn't trying to go there, but other people can see that a Southern wall border is just stupid. It's just stupid when you could put infrastructure in there to stop people. At that point Mm -hmm. with education or military or agricultural, you could... You could put these people into job programs and move them where they need to be because you know how many are there, you know who they are, and you know how trained they are. But you, we don't do all that. We we leave these people sitting on the border until we bring them all in, and then we don't know what they do. So we call them a waste of life. We call them criminals, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They know what they know. They have trades. They have they have abilities. You know, they have an education in a certain way, and we need to. We need to benefit from that
0: stuff. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the thing is, is, like, in knowing how many position shortages there are out there in the world currently, in the United States currently, like, the idea of holding, you know, holding the door shut while complaining about how you don't have enough help is just absolutely ass-backwards you know Mm -hmm. and and then when they do come in to help having people talk about how they're just a drain on your benefits they can't get benefits they're not citizens right it's 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 wild to think that and and which is which is really awful in in other ways because it's like you know we're sitting there talking about all the benefits that they don't get but Mm
1: -hmm. there are
0: certain things that you absolutely need and healthcare is one of those things so what the hell
1: you know what is a drain is sick people in your country. And you know, what's funny about the Brexit thing. One of the compromises was we're not going to give immigrants benefits for seven to 10 years, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, that's the compromise. You want sick, dying people drawing on your resources when you could have people surviving. I don't know. It's just that none of it makes sense to me that
0: way. Uh, it's, it's really funny because like all of these potential resources that are are, mm-hmm. are available are just they're they're being kept unavailable for no better reason than but you're not from here.
1: Right, for propaganda.
0: And and the idea is that that they couldn't supply anything of use to any other industry. I mean, that's just absolutely insane.
1: Oh, yeah, Texas farmers uh California farmers, they're all crying about this, but they're also Republican and they need the talking point, you know what I mean? Their politicians need the immigrant fervor to continue, but the farmers, they need, they need the immigrant workers. It's it's like
0: that meme where somebody's bicycling and then they stick a uh, branch in the spoke of their bicycle and then blame it on somebody else. It's like, it's like your own policy is what is, what's keeping you from getting help. I mean, that, if that isn't clear mm-hmm. to you by now, I don't know how else to tell you that you're the reason you are suffering.
1: I, that I suffer for my politics, the new Republican agenda. You know Sounds what I about mean, right? Yeah, all right. Well, we're not going to change people's minds about migration, although I really wish I could. It's the it's one of the things that I hate. So, how do you feel about? the I thought this was going to be a much bigger conversation than it is but Arizona finished their audit <laughs> and you're the you're the numbers <clears> guy so I have a different take on it so I w- I'd like to hear just like what happened so if you if you did you research it oh, all did you care did you pay attention so uh
0: full disclosure um I am friends with the former um Maricopa County recorder Adrian Fontez. so I like him actually yeah so so full disclosure um Just so that way people know, uh, Adrian and I know each other, uh, tell him thank you for, Oh, I've, I've told him thanks multiple times. Um, he's running for secretary of state down in Arizona. Um, so, so I got to put that out there. Um, I do know him. He's a fantastic guy, Marine, um, Marine vet. So Mm -hmm. dude is, dude is solid. You know, when he ran, uh, his Maricopa County recorder platform, he ran as a Democrat to counter the Republicans, but he said very clearly, it's like, I don't feel that being a recorder should be a partisan office. The idea is, is that you have to make sure you have voting systems in place. So that way everybody can vote regardless of who they're voting for period. End of story. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, everybody that can vote should vote. And, and that's what he did. He wanted to make sure that people that could vote had the access to do it.
1: And nobody, had his job more scrutinized than than this man, right? Right. And the funny thing is,
0: the 2016 election was such a shit show, or mm-hmm. I think it was 2014, was such a shit show that he ran for election in 2016 because it was so bad. It was so bad. There was like no access to the polls whatsoever. And it pissed him wow. off so bad. They'd closed a whole bunch of, p- of polling stations. He, he was literally so pissed off by it that he ran for office and got elected. So flash forward to the Maricopa County election of 2020. And this idea that Arizona could not have voted for anybody but Trump is just, it's it is just proliferated amongst you know the right leaning states and counties that there's absolutely no way. And and as we sure. saw in California, the the playbook has become if I don't win, it's fraud.
1: Well, but you have you have to admit seeing Arizona on Fox News go to Biden, there wasn't a second of really. Like we all we all thought really. Some people thought really longer and for more money. You know.
0: Well, and and the answer was is that you know when when you're sipping your own Kool-Aid you can't think that another flavor of Kool-Aid could be any better right and and that's and and that's the the reality is is that it's 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 not that Biden won because the Kool-Aid was better it was because the Kool-Aid they were drinking was tainted and they were tired of it
1: and they noticed they noticed
0: absolutely and but- and and you know and that's the thing is is that Adrian you know, he made sure that access to the polls was available. That you know everything mm-hmm. was you know followed quite you know quite well to the point where right. the the GOP recorder that is in office right now, while he hasn't exactly gone to bat for Adrian, he has made it clear that there is nothing that they have seen found anything that would lead into question, the integrity of the election. And in fact, so much so that he has ended up, he ended up writing a very scathing letter to the people in the party saying, this is enough. There was nothing there. Dude lost. And when they, and and he called out the fact that hiring this group of, of uh, auditors who had never audited an election before. Right. Like, think about that. There would be, you know, could you imagine, you know, think back to Enron and if you had brought in an independent financial auditor who had never fucking audited finances before, like, right. that's insane. That is absolutely insane. Like, what the hell? But, but people have gotten themselves entrenched in this idea that, oh, well, if they know what they're doing, then they're part of the system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry, What? Right, like, like you, you think that because somebody knows what they're doing, they're now part of this deep state cons? What the, f- dude? Whatever you're smoking or chewing, like you got something bad because
1: woof. Right. Well, it's diminishing science and and information and knowledge. You know, what absolutely. I mean? Like you, you complain about a a voting system that you you read about on Wikipedia. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you, your, your base information level on a, on a something so complex as voting, you just, you don't get it. You don't get it. There's federal laws, there's state laws, there's county laws, there's poll specific laws, you know, and mm-hmm. to know all of that stuff, it's just so, how do you think the audit went? I mean, there oh. was people that were like fact checking it in real time. And I wish I could put those two together somehow. <laughs> I can't. Well, so.
0: I mean, the thing about the audit itself is, is that I think it was a great way for the GOP to spend $5.7 million mm-hmm. and then blame Biden and blame the Democrats for them spending money that they didn't need to spend. Right. I think that's what it is. I think it's a great political tool to bitch about the fact that they just spent a whole bunch of taxpayers' money doing something that was completely unnecessary. Now, full hmm. disclosure, I think that, you know, audits are a great thing. And Maricopa County has audits in place.
1: Um, yeah. And They did three before this one.
0: Yes. And so it's, it's, you know, I'm sure Biden appreciates the fact that he won Maricopa County a fourth time. But right. the problem is, is, is that by more right the problem is is that you know at some point you have to it's the law of diminishing returns you put forth a lot of you put forth a lot of an uh, of initial effort you get a lot of return you put forth more effort you get less return you put forth mm-hmm. more effort you get less return you put forth more effort you get less return right well after four times of putting in effort and each time it's like he lost well he lost by mm-hmm. more he lost by more now he lost by more again like at some point you have to decide what what you're going to take this stupid fucking idea off life support because it isn't working. and it, And the reason it isn't working is because this idea that they that this group of people seems to hold near and dear to their heart is a fucking lie. And it isn't true no matter how many times you you want to believe that it's true. Right. And, you know, they're sitting down and saying, oh, well, they had no way of counting the legal votes. Yeah, they did. They did the auto. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how you count legal votes, right? And they counted the quote unquote legal votes, uh, and legally Biden won by even more. Now
1: they say, right. Well, I mean, yeah. if we can't trust them to either way, then we can't really trust their count,
0: which, which is insane because, you know, like I said, this is the same group of people bitching about the fact that Biden won in mail-in mm-hmm. voting. But in other Republican-held states that had mail-in voting, those systems aren't in question at all, and it's right. not because and it's not because you know places like Texas and Alabama have much better voting laws uh, regarding mail-in ballots. Right. So the laws are actually pretty much the same. It's just that I got the outcome I wanted, therefore it obviously wasn't fraud. And if your question is centered solely around outcome. In terms of the scientific process, that would be like if I come up with a hypothesis, and I'm certain that that's what the answer is, and then I don't get the answer, and then I have to go, nope, nope, it's definitely science's fault that I didn't get my answer. Right. Uh, No, that's not how this works. You you can map it, you can retest it, you can retest it, you can retest it, and when you keep getting the same answer, Mm -hmm. that's because the process and the method work. Yeah. Now, it's not to say that at some point you couldn't potentially find some mechanism, some confounding variable that has, that is throwing everything off. But the reality is, is that at some point you have to accept that, you know, in terms of returns that you're getting, what you're seeing is the truth. Yeah, it is. It is. It is the truth for what exists in that, in, in that moment. And you can order all sorts of recounts. You could literally have every American recount the election. But the mm-hmm. idea that, you know, the, the funny part is, is this idea that somehow humans are better at counting than machines are <laughs> when humans are by far more, uh, are, are more full of bias than a machine is, mm-hmm. you know, at, at some point you have to say enough's enough. We have tested, retested, retested, and retested, and the result is holding.
1: But now, do you think this is just a performance for one? Do you think this is um, subverting elections, like diminishing them, saying to people that they don't count, they don't work? Or do you think this is an actual attempt to destroy machines and, like, Destroy the infrastructure of voting so it's unprepared in the future. I'm yes. curious as yes those, to like, all
0: of it. Yeah, it's it's performance it's performance art for one lonely guy in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's it's about destroying systems so that way people can implement what they think are more rigorous and legal systems, which right. I guarantee you they're
1: not. Because that um, way, when they go, they go look, see it doesn't work because they destroyed everything. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: It's, you know, it's one of those things where if if your idea is to make it next to impossible for a group of people to vote mm-hmm. and then and then you manage to make that happen and come the next election your party wins because of those very same mechanisms, you know, it's not that what you did was actually better and more secure, it's that what you did was illegal by every stretch of the imagination under federal voting laws. Right. So like look, you know, I think we all I think I, I don't know of any person who who thinks we should have absolutely no oversight or security regarding elections. I don't know of anybody who thinks that. Right. I think I, I know plenty of people who are like hey look you know we need to figure out what the answer is to make it more accessible to everybody and we need to figure out what that answer is. Yeah. But at the same time too, the answer that we consistently see is people making it more difficult for certain groups of people to vote Yeah. because that vote is more unpredictable. And if, you know, Republicans or Democrats can't rely on that vote, they want to make sure that it's not going to happen.
1: I think it's trying to replace the individual American atop the system. It's trying to say, nope, we can't trust Americans mm-hmm. to do what's best for them. So we're going to take that power away and we're going to usurp them at the top of the democracy. You know, and it's a, it's a troubling thing. Absolutely. Somebody somebody asked me, why are they starting an audit in Texas that Trump won? And my answer was simple. He needs a win. It's a, It's a... He already knew he was going to get do this, but he was going to do Texas later when it was like, you know, he had all of them going and that's the thing Mm -hmm. he needs to win. He's lost. Like, what is he up to? Like 88 losses now? Oh, more than that. He's the biggest loser in chief that we've ever had. And I think less and less people are following him, you know? Oh,
0: absolutely. And, and, and. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's, this is the easy layup. Let's audit a place where Trump won, have a big celebration that Trump won the
1: place that we know Trump won. Right. Um, For performance, somebody in Texas, one of the legislators was like, what's sad is that a man in Florida is now running Texas, you mm-hmm. know?
0: Absolutely. And that's just it is, is that that's, it's absolutely insane. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not the kind of person who's gonna say that audits aren't necessary because audits are
1: great. They, you know, they you gotta make all sh- the time though. They're happening all the time, even yeah. if there's no question about it, they still mm-hmm. do audits. Absolutely. You have to make
0: sure that the system is performing as it should. You have to make mm-hmm. sure that you have to make sure that you know what you know if there are people out there doing things illegally that you know the system is going to be able to catch them. You yeah. have to make sure that all of these systems are functioning to the highest degree of accuracy that is mm-hmm. absolutely possible. If if you think for a second that humans are 100% accurate and machines are anything less, you kind of missed it. If you mm-hmm. think, you know, machines are 100% accurate, you've also missed it. <laughs> but You can strive to get as close to it as you can, and the way that you do that is through auditing your processes, your procedures, and ultimately the vote. And time and time again, you know, we keep seeing that the systems that we have in place are pretty accurate, pretty safe. And that, you know, if anything, we've caught more voter fraud because of people trying to vote extra for Donald Trump.
1: Mm. Sadly. But it happens. I mean well, that that stuff is going to happen on an individual level, but there's not absolutely. thousands of them. There's not that, mm-hmm. and that's why it takes a week or two to call an election is because there's audits going on at that during that time. There's two weeks of checking the work. You know, nobody wants to put out mm-hmm. bad numbers and then get caught doing that. <laughs> well, that's, and that's the thing is, is
0: it's it's not even just that. It's a you know, yeah, sure. The the exit polling helps. You know. Uh, news stations call the election. Sure, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And but even before we know that the results are final, I mean, really, we know when the results get finalized. That's when they certify the election, and that right. happens at the beginning of January. And funny enough, there was a bunch of people who didn't like the answer, and they tried to stop that.
1: That's that's an interesting one. Yeah, that's an so. Interesting and and one.
0: during that time period, from the election to the certification, you have two months, two months of of cities counties Mm -hmm. states checking all of their work to make sure you know is this really what happened did this person actually win did we see any uh, mass voter fraud did we see system failures did we did we somehow forget a block which that actually happened i think in Mm -hmm. georgia where uh there was like a something like a thousand votes or something like that that didn't get counted and then they found those votes uh it wasn't even that they were found it's that they just didn't get tallied for whatever Mm. reason in the machine they were they were there and they were good and you know biden still won (laughs) that's
1: funny um that person and
0: and the person who didn't do their check their work got fired for it
1: of course you know the, but here's the propaganda I have a problem with. And I was talking to my friend about it and he says 34% to 40% of the country doesn't believe Biden's president. And I said, no, he said, well, it's 70% of the, the Republicans. And I said, Yes, yeah, 70% of 22% don't believe it. Right. And I think people are making the boogeyman bigger than it is. There Absolutely. isn't there 80 million okay 320 million people in this country that's a quarter that's 25 percent 80 million is 25 percent and since there's plus there's 350 people 350 million people in the country it's actually less than 25 percent it's 22 percent that voted for donald trump right there's Mm -hmm. 33 percent that voted for democrats and there's a whole bunch of people that didn't vote at all so -hmm. there's a that's the number that's missing. People think it's 50-50 Republican Democrat when it isn't. It's 22 32 and the rest is independent or non-voting. Right. And so that boogeyman that you're thinking about when they say 20 million, 20 million Republicans believe they should take up arms and reinstall Donald Trump, 20 million is not 40% of the population and we need we need people to understand that one. Oh, absolutely. Because There's 45 million black people in this country. There's 49 million disabled people in this country. And our news 24 hours a day panders to 20 million. Mm -hmm. It's a problem. It's a problem. Absolutely.
0: And that's, you know, and like you said, it's, you know, when you look at the voting block, we, you know, we got about half of the population to vote in 2020.
1: Which was huge, which was huge. It's our biggest numbers ever. Half. How? <laughs> and you got to think 60 million are children right so mm-hmm. it's you can dwindle it down that way but it you is know, about 120 million that didn't vote at all
0: i want to say it was something like we got like 61 percent of all eligible voters to vote
1: right something like that right.
0: so you know it's it's like you said in, in the population yeah it's about 22 percent of a population and even then you know what's that what's that number based off of you know is right. it is it you know democrat is it is it a democratic polling place the uh, mm-hmm. polling group <laughs> that's like calling down to um you know the most deepest red uh of an area and asking people you
1: right. know it, it, i'm just i'm just going off the vote like the you know the vote right. that, and that's even more like Trump didn't get 86 million. He got 76 million, you know, Biden got 86 million. <laughs> right. And,
0: so. and, and even then, you know, you've got a bunch of Republicans who don't believe this stuff either. You know, is there right. like, it's like, yeah, our dude lost. It sucks. we'll, we'll right. try and figure it out next time. But then you have, you know, so it's, 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 it's not even that 22% of the population. It's a subset of that who right. seriously believe that, which was an interesting point that part of being Republican is being, you know, is, is admitting that Donald Trump won the 2020 election and that it was rigged against him. And it's like, wait, so that's your identity now. What? That doesn't make any
1: fucking sense. No, suffer for my politics. And they don't know who you are. That's what I'm saying, Ron, that voted for Trump. He doesn't know you. (laughs) You
0: He he probably doesn't even
1: actually care. Right, I just don't understand. Well, if yeah, Don stops, if, if the if the Republican voter stops donating, mm-hmm. Trump will care. You know, you people don't understand. It's, so this is the, what I figured out. Donald Trump used to put his name on buildings that he didn't build, right? Mm-hmm. And it was Trump. Now he's putting his name on political endorsements for the same thing. He gets twenty five percent of the money raised by that candidate, if. He gets if he endorses that candidate. So all he's trying to do is endorse candidates that'll give them give him money. Mm-hmm. He didn't change. He didn't change. He just changed the genre genre in which he was trying to earn money. Used to be in real estate, putting his name on buildings. Now it's politicians putting his name on them. You know, mm-hmm. it's still a scam. Absolutely. What oh, sucks. Thanks for being here, Jeffrey. Yeah yay thank you for listening to public access america come back next thursday for the conversation we're about to have which is going to be unique to those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security we support you yes we can and to all Nasty place. and I don't, I care, don't care, care how care tough you are. Up, it, will it will beat you, to your, you to your knees and keep you there permanently, permanently it. if you're you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. As not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you, I have a dream. Ask what you can do to your high poor
0: little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody Everybody knows things are bad. bad. It's a
1: depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. To public public access access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams on YouTube.
0: I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad.
1: On Twitter.
0: Twitter.
1: Apple Podcasts. Podcasts, Stitcher Smart Radio Radio, Radio. Public.
0: And Spotify. Yes, we can. can.
1: Public Access America. History History in the making. Making history in the making.